0: Well, you can take your Bibles and you can turn to Numbers chapter 21, 4 through 9. I don't know how I'm going to top that. I mean, that alone is just amazing. Um, but but God, God still has a word for us, and so we're going to hear that word today. Um, so turn to Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 through 9, because this is where we'll be reading today, and we already got a taste of it in the gospel reading. If you are able, I ask that you please stand for the reading of the word today. Numbers 21, 4 through 9. From Mount Hor they set out by the way of the Red Sea to go through the land of Edom, but the people became impatient on the way. The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent poisonous serpents among the people, And they bit the the people, so that many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, "We have sinned. Uh, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord to take away the serpents from us." So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, "Make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live." So, Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it upon a pole. And whoever a serpent bit someone, or whenever a serpent bit someone, that person would look at the serpent of bronze and live. This is the word of the Lord. And together we say, Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Heavenly Father, today as we dig into your word, I pray that you might challenge us. We pray that your Holy Spirit might come and open our ears and our minds and our hearts to hear what it is that we need to understand to shape us and help us grow today. It is in your holy name we pray. Amen. These are not mine. These are my wife's, but I could not find mine. Now, something seems very odd, doesn't it? Uh, Everyone's kind of purple and foggy because of the mask, but everyone's kind of purple. And, you know, just... It seems weird now, doesn't it? I th- I got something. This might help better. Also my wife's. Oh, this is a little bit. Oh, but now you're all blurry. It, you're, you're not purple anymore, but now you're blurry. Because, well, these are reading glasses, and you're not about a foot in front of me. So, <laughs> and foggy. The problem we have in life is that who we are, what we do, how we are shaped and raised, everything begins to put a lens over our eyes to see things in a particular way. Now, we can't necessarily help that. We are born and we will continue to grow and put these lenses on our face and, and we will always see the world in one way or another. The problem, though, comes is when we allow these lenses to begin to shift our reality, our perception of God. Because with God, there is no lens. We see clearly. There is no distortion. There is no magnification. There is no color tint. There is nothing. With God, it is perfect clarity so that we might understand fully how he sees. Today, as we read about the Israelites, and we've been working through this for some time, the covenant that God has been making. He made the first covenant with Noah, with the, the ark and the rainbow in the sky. And then he made the covenant with Abraham and Sarah about having children of many nations. And then he made the covenant with Moses and the people through the Ten Commandments. All of this trying to shape a people, to form a people so that they can be a blessing in the world, so that he might bring redemption through them and the person of Jesus Christ. But then we come to this story. And this isn't about covenants. God isn't making a covenant here. In fact, it's showing the very problem of when we break God's covenants. The people are traveling from Mount Sinai to the promised land. And on their journey, they begin to grumble. They begin to grumble even before they leave. But they're they're losing their minds. They're, They're upset. They're angry. They're tired. They're hungry. The children are restless. And here we have their complaint. I'm so upset, God. We don't have any water. We don't have any food. Which then it's even funnier because, did you catch that part where they said, and the food we have is, is miserable, detestable. You see, at this point, God was providing them with water from rocks and manna from heaven. God was providing for them throughout this journey. And they looked at God and said, this is horrible. We don't have anything and we don't, we don't have the stuff that we want what began to take place is they had this lens on their eyes where they were saying, it's not how I want it. It's not in the way I want it. It's not on the timing that I want. And so I'm upset. And we would just rather return to Egypt than continue on this journey because it's not how I wanted it. They had taken blessings from God Water from rocks. I don't know how many of you can take a stick and smack a rock and make water come out of it. I've tried. It doesn't work for me. Right? It doesn't work. And I don't know about you, but I've never woken up and have a whole bunch of particles of bread fall down from the sky so that every morning I could have free food. That would be amazing, but I've never had that in my life. Here they have blessings from God And they have taken those blessings and turned them into contentment where they are not satisfied. And in fact, they have allowed their stomachs to become an idol by which they use to rebel against God. And so then we have a very interesting thing where God allows or God sends these poisonous serpents into the camp and they begin to bite people. And then they're like, oh, goodness, we have a bigger problem. And what do they do? They finally get in their right mind, and they say, Lord, help us. We're dying over here. And so then God tells Moses, make a bronze serpent, put it on a pole, raise it up. Very similar to a cross, right? Oh, and and from the John passage we read, just as Moses raised up the bronze serpent, so the Son of Man must be raised. They raised up a bronze serpent and all who would just look upon it. You didn't have to say anything. You didn't have to give anything. You didn't even have to make it in front of it. You just had to look at it. And you were healed. An amazing blessing from God. Something to give life, right? But then we had yet another problem. If you were to read later on in the history of Israel in 2 Kings, and I need to look at this because I wrote it down. 2 Kings 18, verse 4. King Hezekiah does something very strange. He goes throughout the land and he's destroying all these idols that the Israelites had accumulated over the years of turning away from God. And one of those statues that he destroys? A bronze serpent on a pole. The Israelites had taken yet another blessing from God, and because they had twisted lenses, they had things that deceived them, that that altered their perception of what God was trying to do, they used what was supposed to bring life and turned it into an idol that only brought death. Idolatry robs us of our ability to embrace the goodness of God. Idolatry robs us of the ability to embrace the goodness of God. Every time we take something and we transform it and we mutate it and we put those lenses on our eyes so that we can see it in some other way than the way that God had made it to be, We turn it into an idol. This can be finances. This can be our possessions. This can be our family. This can be our careers. We can even take things such as the cross and twist it and distort it. We can even take things as Christ's own salvation and twist it and distort it and turn it into idolatry. Because if we begin to say, yes, I'm so glad I can be saved, I'm so glad that I have salvation, I'm so glad that I am free from all this, but then we turn around and we look at someone else and we say, oh, I don't want you to be saved. Oh, I'm not going to offer salvation to you. I'm not going to tell you about Jesus because I don't like you, I don't like the way you look, I don't like the way you smell, or I don't like the way you dress, or I don't like where you come from. We've taken the very thing that is supposed to bring life. And we've made it into an idol, an idol that will bring death. And it stops us from embracing the goodness of God, which is salvation for all. Which is exactly where we come through when the story of Nicodemus and Jesus in John chapter 3 When Nicodemus is trying to figure out, who are you? What are you doing? He says, I've come so that all might live. I've come into the world so that everyone might have salvation. We must be careful with how we allow things such as even the cross to become an idol within our lives where we say, this is a salvation for me. It's not a salvation for them. This is hope for me, but it's not hope for them. We take our finances, we take our careers, we take our families, we take even this building, and we say, oh, this is so great, oh, this is so wonderful, and we're going to make this and use this so that we can have more comfort, we can have more pleasure, we can have more success, we can, whatever it might be, And we have then twisted it into idolatry. Just as the Israelites took bread from heaven, water from rocks, and just as they took the bronze serpent that was supposed to bring healing, they twisted both of those things into idols that only caused more death and destruction for them. As we journey on today, as we look towards Easter and what it means, we must examine our lives and truly ask ourselves, are we allowing ourselves to see as God has shown us? Because the only way we can truly embrace the goodness of God is to bring fully into ourselves this idea that God alone gets to determine its goodness. When we look at our lives, do we embrace the fact, sorry, my brain has gone. I'm still, I'm still so excited about this. Uh, have we... Have we embraced the fact that what we are moving towards is open for everyone? Have we embraced the fact that salvation, the cross, have we embraced the fact that the message that we are supposed to share is for all people, no matter of who they are, where they come from, how they live? The most dangerous thing for a church is to take these things that we declare bringing life and to turn them into idols much like the serpent on the pole and allow it to deceive us thinking that we are doing the right thing and all we are doing is telling everyone else that you don't belong, you don't deserve. As a church, we bre- we freely give of ourselves we strip away our own pleasures our own desires so that others might believe so that others might come and enjoy and so today let us let us think about these words When they're looking at God and they're saying, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no food, there's no water, and the food that you gave us, we just don't like. How often do we say that to God? I don't have this, I don't have that, this isn't going right for me, and the things that you are doing for me, God, I just don't like that. I don't want that to happen. We are called to embrace God's goodness this season so that we might empty more of ourselves. And that begins by taking off the lenses, taking off the different glasses that we've allowed to distort our perspective, removing them so we can clearly see God's perspective. For those who are baptized today, you. You have started this new journey. You now have been given the grace of God to remove these glasses that have hindered you thus far. You get to take these off so that you don't have to be twisted and uh, perceive things differently. You get to actually see from God's own perspective so that you don't have to bear these idols in your life anymore. You don't have to worship things other than God. And you can see from his perspective. It will be a growing process for you. It will be a lifelong journey. I know it is for me. But every day, begin by saying, Lord, strip off these lenses. Strip off these things that are are distorting my reality and let me see through your eyes today. Let me rid myself of these idols so that I may embrace your goodness as you want me to live. One of the ways that we continue to celebrate that is through the sacrament of communion. Amy, if you could go back. This is not working. If you could move forward on the computer to that so I can see. Um, we, we gather around the Lord's table today as a sign to always remember what was done for us, not as a way to, to distort it. And, and the ways that this has been distorted has been throughout centuries of people being told who can come, who cannot come. We believe in an open table where all people can come, where all people have the right to share in God's goodness and in his salvation. I apologize for the TVs. For some reason, they are off. I will read this, though. I can still see. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us prepare our hearts to be God's sanctuary Today, let us prepare in silence. Blessed be your name. God of Moses, for you so loved the world and all, that, and all that you loved so loved you, created to share life with you. When your people were suffering as captives in Egypt, you heard their cries, you led them to freedom and made with them a covenantal life. When your people were perishing in the poison of sin, you sent your only son to take our trespasses into himself to be your healing medicine. Suffering his own death and rising in glory, he won our redemption and transformed the poison of our sin into your elixir of life. And so we sing your praises with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven as we join the unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Redeeming God, who sent your Son into the world not to condemn, but so that the world might be saved through him, sanctify this everlasting feast, and through it draw your church into your eternal By your Spirit, bless these gifts of bread and wine, that they may be for us the body and blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who at the supper with his disciples took bread and gave thanks. He broke the bread and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks and gave it to his disciples, saying, drink this, all of you. This is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. And Christ will come again. Restoring God, whose Son was lifted up that we might look upon him and live, bring us through his cross to the glory of resurrection. Shed your mercy on those who look upon malady and disease and long for healing of body, mind, and spirit. Deliver your children afflicted by the poison of enmity and strife in their families, neighborhoods, or communities. Hold your redeeming cross before eyes cast down by injustice. Raise up in your church men and women of courage and discipleship. Lift up in every heart the hope born of your passion until all your children look upon the day when the world that you so love is at last one with you in glory. And together with the saints, we drink the wine of your kingdom blessed and holy trinity, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray together the Lord's prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body. For we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. And so let us receive together communion today. When you are ready, you may come forward to receive. There are two cups, in the bottom cup is the bread. You may take both cups and either kneel at the altar, sit at the seat, or return to your own seat. And then when you are prepared, you may receive the elements in your time. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. It will not be easy to always strip away the idols of this world. It will not be easy to take off these lenses by which we always see things because it's so much more comfortable to wear them. It's so much more comfortable to return to Egypt. The things that we knew, the things that we grew up with, the things that, that were known to us. But Christ calls us forward. Christ calls us to abandon those things that hinder. And Christ calls us to worship the one true God alone and to let everything else fall to the wayside. So let us pray this morning. Heavenly Father, please continue to guide us and lead us. Strengthen us, Father, as we learn to strip ourselves from these idols Give us the strength that we need to remove the lenses from our face, to see you clearly. Father, please continue to help us. And I pray for those who are baptized today specifically that you may continue to work in their lives, that you may continue to strengthen them and guide them, Lord. We have seen your provenient grace working to bring them to this point, and we pray that you continue to work. Continue to strengthen them. Be with their parents as they lead them. Be with Pastor Jessica as she's teaching them. And Heavenly Father, as we as a church gather together to raise them up, we pray that you might help all of us to bear with one another. Not just them alone, but all of us. May we bear with each other the struggles of this life. As we learn to embrace your goodness. Steadfast God, you reach out to us in mercy even when we rebel against your holy call and prefer to walk in obedience rather than in the way of your divine truth. Soften our hearts with the warmth of your love that we may know your Son alive within us. Redeem us and raise us up into your eternal presence. Amen. God the Father now sends us In the name of Jesus Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit to go out into the world to make disciples. Go in the grace of God. God bless you.